welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. I've traveled different. I can't count how many different Calvary chapels or different Bible-believing churches I've been to all over different places. And I can tell you, not one time did I ever go into one of them and think, oh, no, I just don't feel right here. I, I don't feel, I, I feel like an orphan. I don't feel like I can relate with anybody here. I never felt that. When they opened up the Bible, when they started praising my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I'm like, whoa, family. This is my family. Heard a story about two young boys. They were signing up for Little League, and they were brothers, and they were only six months apart. So when the, when the gentleman was signing them in, he realized that they were only six months apart. And he says, you two are brothers? They said, yeah, we're brothers. And he says, well, you're, I noticed your birth dates. You're only six months apart. They said, yeah. They said, uh, one of us were adopted. And he says, oh, which one? And they both said, well, we've asked our dad for years, but he won't tell us. He keeps telling us he can't remember. <laughs> we've been adopted into this family. Paul the Apostle says in Romans 8, 15, For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. And I hope you realize that today. If you're a Christian, if you're a born-again Christian, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you do not have the bondage of fear anymore. You do not have to fear anything except reverence God. You don't have a spirit of bondage. You don't have a spirit of fear. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. What are you worried about? God's your father. The one that spoke the world into existence, the one that said light be and light was, guess what? He's your dad. Do you think your problems are too difficult for him? But he might use your problems for you. He might allow you to go through some troubles because they're for you. They're not against you. They're, they're made specifically for you to, to conform you into the image of his son. But every trouble, every problem, everything that comes our way is for a plan and a purpose. You don't have to fear. The bigger the problem, you just go to God and say, God, you got a big one here today. And I find as the Lord's bringing me to this place of trust and trusting in him, it, it seems like to me he'll, he'll be bringer, bigger problems. And I'm like, okay, all right, Lord, okay, I don't, okay, I'm trusting you, I'm trusting you. I give it to him. And it's like, okay, that was good. That was pretty good. Here's a bigger problem. And then there is a bigger problem. And now I, I you know, when I, I try to do my best, I'm like, instead of looking at my problem, I just keep looking at him. It's like, there's another one. And it's not like I put my head in the sand like an ostrich and pretend it's not there. No, I look to him and say, Lord, the Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, we can ask of you. You give to all generously, liberally. I really need wisdom for this. I need help. I need direction. I need to hear from you. As much as I want this problem or this trouble to go away, I know that many times you use the trouble and the problems that are before me. You're using them for my life. You're my daddy. But sometimes we can bring on our own problems, right? Dabbling with darkness, going back to sin, going back to the ways of the world. And then it's like, and then sometimes what I hear people do, then they start blaming God. Did you, did you know that? They're back in sin, they're back in darkness. Like, God, I can't believe you allow this to happen. He didn't allow it to happen. You allowed it to happen. And all you need to do is turn away from it, seek the Lord, put God first in your life, and he's going to work all those troubles out for good. There's consequences for sin, though. 
You know what it does for me? It makes me keep running to him and say, wow, every time I do something wrong, I do silly things. I really mess things up. God, let me please, Lord, I want to stay close with you. So you have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption in whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. As we talk about God lavishing us with his love, and I'm sure most of you know this already, but do you know that the love that God loves us is this, with the same love that he loves his own son, Jesus Christ? The same love. To me, that's mind-boggling. We're told that in, in John 17, Jesus praying to the Father, he says, he, he talks, you know, he's praying. He says, I in them and you in me. And it says that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me. But listen what he says. And he says, and, listen, and have loved them, talking about us, believers, as you have loved me. Do you know that word as? That word as means to the same degree to the same degree, the love that God has for Jesus, to the same degree he loves us. Does that just blow your mind? The great love he has for his only begotten son, he has for all of us here today as believers. He lavishes us with love. We're his children. A great verse that goes with all of this, Romans 8.16. Romans 8.16, Paul the Apostle said, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God, and listen, joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we will go through trials and tribulations if we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You understand what, what Paul's saying here? He says, okay, the spirit says we're children of God. We realize we're, we're children, but if we're children of God, you know what that makes us? It makes us joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Joint heirs. I have a joint checking account with my wife. When she writes a check, does she have only access to 50% of the account? What's in the account? Does she? No. Do I have only 50% since we're joint heirs? I can only write, okay, what's in the, the balance? Okay, seven bucks. All right, all right, okay. So 350? No. We both are joint we have a joint account. We both, if there's $7 in there, $7, she can write a check for $7. I can write a check for $7. What I'm trying to get at is in Christ, we're joint heirs with Christ. That means all the goodness of heaven that, that belongs to Jesus and the kingdom somehow belongs to us. The inheritance of heaven and the kingdom and all the majesty and all the glory and goodness were made in the image of God, but then we become children of God. In, in John chapter 1, verse 12, we've received him. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. We're his children. When we step into heaven, it's all for us. The glory of heaven, the, the majesty, the kingdom, and everything that's there. We don't even know. We can't fathom what it is. But according to the word of God, we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I think we're going to be blown away when we step into heaven. I think we're going to be in awe of the fact that, for real, Lord, you saved me. You sent your son to die for me. You forgave me of all my sin. And now I step into heaven and I'm joint heirs with Jesus Christ and all the glory and the kingdom and everything here is mine also. Back in our text, in verse 1, it says, Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Do you ever notice 
that to those that are not in the family of God, we seem a little strange. Do you ever notice that? It's just reality. We, we, we're strange. Doesn't mean we act strange, but we're, we're just normally, we're strange. We're strangers to them. We're strange to them. They, they don't understand why we love Jesus so much. Why we talk about the Lord all the time. Why do we go to Bible studies all the time? Why do you go to church all the time? They, they didn't, we're strange to the people. They don't know who we are. They don't know us anymore. I have best friends that they, they basically both have told me, we want the old Joe. I don't like this new person. Why? Because they don't know God. The, the Greek word know is gnosko, to know by experience. I, I know God by experience. But guess what? A lot of my friends, they don't know God by experience. So guess what? I'm strange to them. And I think the problem with the church is we want to act like them. We want to, you know, say, hey, we're still the same. You know, I'm just still hanging out like you are. I'm just, I haven't changed at all. And we're trying to act like they are. And we can't do good on either side that way. Because no, you're not. You're not the same anymore. You have the, the spirit of the living God living inside of you, transforming you from the inside out. You have the, the glory of God. His Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You're not the same. But so often it's like we, we're just loving the Lord and we just go out and we tell people, we start talking about God and everyone's like, whoa, hey, hey, okay, stop shining that. I don't know what that is, but I, I don't like that. And again, it doesn't mean we act strange. Just loving the Lord, loving his word, loving fellowship, loving going to church, loving prayer and being a child of God. There's going to be people that are going to re reject you. And I say, let's get used to it. Let's not try to be like them. They need to be like us. They need to change. God wants to change them. They don't know us. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him or does not know him. Look at the second verse in our text. Beloved, now we are children of God. I'm going to stop there. Now we are children of God. I, uh, do you realize it's not past or present future? It's we are now. Do you notice that? Beloved, now we are. It's, it's not something that, well, when we get to heaven one day, we're going to become a child of God and there's going to, no, no, no. We, we are right now children of God. And what I want to say with this is there's some uh, churches that teach that everyone's a child of God. Have you heard that before? I've asked people before, oh, you're a Christian. When did you become a Christian? Oh, I was born a Christian. And then they'll even say, oh, I'm a child of God. God created everyone, and so I'm just a child of God. Well, it sounds good, but know that it doesn't line up with John chapter 1, verse 12. As many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the power or the right to become. You need to be, become a child of God. So don't believe that when people say, oh, we're all children of God. And they'll even say it that way sometimes. They? Oh, we're all children of God. <laughs> and I say, no, we're not. <laughs> I'm a child of God because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. According to John chapter 1, verse 12, I've received him, and he's changed me, and he's changed you. And you need to know who you are. You need to know, and we know now we are children of God. Right now. I heard a story about a, a crowded United Airlines flight, and it was canceled, and there was only... One single agent there at the counter, she was trying to rebook all the different flights and trying to arrange everything, and the line was very long, and people were getting upset, and finally an angry man pushed through the crowd, and he went right to the front of the counter, and he slammed his ticket down on the counter, and he says, ma'am, you don't understand, I must get on that plane. 
And she says, sir, we'll do whatever we can. He says, no, I must get on that plane and it must be first class. I'm getting on that plane. And she says, sir, I'm very sorry, but you know, I have these other customers to attend to. As soon as I'm done, I'll be happy to, to try to help you in any way and try to you know, please you in any way I can. And the guy started screaming. He says, do you know who I am? Do you, do you even know who I am? Do you have any idea who I am? Without hesitation, she got on her microphone and she says, may I have your attention, please? There's a passenger here at our gate that doesn't seem to know who he is. <laughs> if anyone can help him find his identity, please come to gate 17. <laughs> now we know that we're children of God. We know who we are. We don't have an identity crisis. Who am I? No, I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. We're different. Paul the Apostle tells us, 2 Corinthians 6, 17, therefore come out from among them. Listen, this is a powerful one. For you that think it's okay to be part of the world and all that's in the world, the darkness, and just dabbling with sin constantly, no. What does Paul say? Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. Don't touch it. Don't, in other words, it's not, it's not even, it's a picture of don't even touch those things that are unclean. Come out from there. Separate yourself. In other words, you're a child of God, so separate from those things that are unclean because why? Why? You're going to become dirty. And like, look at what it goes on to say. Do not touch what is unclean. And what does it say? And I will receive you. Verse 18, I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. We're different. We're to separate. We're in the world, but we're not to be of the world. We're to have a presence in the world to give them hope that they can change. And there is a change that comes when you're a child of God. But look at verse 2, back in our text again. It says, and it has not yet been revealed, back in 1 John 3, 2. And it has, it's up on the screen. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he, Jesus, is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Do you understand what we just read? We know we're children of God. We, we know that. But in the future, we, we don't fully understand what we're going to be like. When we see him face to face, when we get to heaven, right now we're children of God, but when we go into heaven, we're, we're not sure what we're going to be like. We're not sure what's going to happen, but, but we know we're going to be like him. We're going to be changed. We're going to be transformed. We're going to have different bodies. We're limited in our understanding of what it's going to be like, but we know we're going to be like Jesus. One of the things I'm looking forward to is the glorified body. And I'm serious. The older I get, the more I desire a glorified body. No more aches and pains. No more food allergies. When I look at the, the heavenly menu, I won't say, well, what's in it? Um, does that have dairy? No, just say, bring it on. I'm going to eat. You know, it's like the glorified bodies. It's going to be totally different. No more pain. No more suffering. No more tears. No more death. No more crying. Remember in John chapter 20, after Jesus was crucified, it says his disciples were basically hiding in a room. They were locked, basically locked the doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They, they didn't want to be caught worshiping God. So they were, were doing it in hiding. Remember that? 
And it says that, basically, it says that while they were assembled together for fear of the Jews, it says Jesus just came and stood in their midst. He was just right there. And the Bible says we don't know what we're, be, we're going to be like, but we're going to be like him. I hope we can have part of that. You know, we're just, we could just be there like, hey, hey, guys, no more opening doors. No more, you know, just walk through walls. When I have to go to the restroom, I go through here. I go that door. That way. This way, I just walk straight to the restroom, right through the walls. This is great. He just appeared. And he disappeared. He went from heaven to earth. I'm sure faster than the speed of light. He just, doo. I think that's why we like these, you know, these movies about superheroes and everything. You know, we just watch them with this super, you know, strength and this. You know, they do this and flash. And you know, I don't even, I don't even watch the, the, this stuff. But you know, it's. But just boom, they're here and they're gone. I, I think that's fascinating, but I think it's because one day we're going to be like that. We're going to be like, we're here. We don't know what we're going to be like, but we know we're going to be like him. But did you notice the part that says we shall see him as he is? Talking about Jesus. I believe one of the greatest blessings in heaven will be seeing Jesus face to face. Not so much our glorified bodies and who we are, but being face-to-face with our Lord and Savior that saved us, seeing him in an unhindered, unrestricted way, just totally in his presence, where there's total glory, where there's total pleasure, fullness of joy. I guarantee if one of us were to die and go into heaven to be in the presence of God, I guarantee if you come back to life, you would be like, please, bring me back. I don't want to stay here. I'd I'd rather be there. Total peace, total joy, total glory. We can't even fathom what we're going to step into. We're going to see him as he is. We're going to see the presence of God. A verse that goes good with that, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, but is written, eye is not seen or ear is heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man those things that God has prepared for those that love him. But notice it says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit, For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So we can't even fathom. Our eyes can't see it. Our ears can't even hear. We can't even comprehend how great the future is for us. But I believe God reveals through His Spirit. We get a glimpse of it. I know I I get a glimpse of it when I'm worshiping the Lord. The worship team's up here. We're praising God, and I'm just worshiping the Lord. I, I get a glimpse of heaven, just a glimpse of His presence. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man those things that God has prepared for those who love him. You can't even imagine what it's going to be like. We get a glimpse. And I'll tell you, the glimpse that I received, the little glimpse of heaven that I've had in my past, I know heaven is a wonderful, glorious place that I want to be in. Last verse we'll look at. And everyone who has this hope in himself purifies himself just as he, the Lord, is pure. So everyone who has this hope in him, in the Lord, purifies himself just as he is pure. What hope? I believe it's speaking of the hope of seeing Jesus face to face, the hope of heaven being in his presence. If we have that hope, it's going to keep us pure. It should keep us pure. If I realize that any moment I can enter into the presence of God, that should keep me in a place where I'm more concerned about heaven than I am about the temporal. So if we have that hope, it purifies us. 
I read a story about a young high school girl that went out with her friends and they went to a restaurant. And after they were done eating, they, her friends wanted to go to a party and she said, well, do you mind just dropping me off at home? My father wouldn't approve of me going to such a place. And one of her friends says, oh, are you afraid of your, are you afraid of your father, that, you, that he'll hurt you? She says, no. She says, I'm not afraid that my father will hurt me. I'm afraid that I'll hurt my father. And that's the attitude we should have. We're not afraid that he's going to hurt us, but we're afraid there's things in this world that they're going to hurt his heart. He doesn't want us to be a part of those things. Everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. It's so funny. The other day, my wife asked if I'd make her a cup of hot tea, and she says, can you use that, my favorite cup, the one, I like, the one that says blessed on it? And I said, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I make the tea, I get it all together, I'm looking in the cupboard, and the cup's not there. And I'm like, no. So we have cups that look like it. So I'm pulling the cups out of the cupboard, and I'm looking, I'm pulling the cups out, and they're not there. So I went to another place, pulling dishes out, that's not there. I go to the top, it's not there. I went to other cupboards that they, you know, thinking maybe someone put it in there, it's not there. I went into the food cupboard, like maybe someone stuck it in there, it's not there. I'm looked in the fridge, it's not there. So I had to use a different cup, and I brought it upstairs. I said, honey, here's your tea. I'm sorry, I didn't get your cup, and that's, you know, uh, it's not there. It's missing, okay? And she says, it's on the counter. And I said, honey, it can't be on the counter. I looked in all the cupboards. I looked everywhere. It can't be on the counter. I go back downstairs. I had to take a picture of it. Guess what? It was right on the counter. It was right there, and I felt like an idiot. I'm like, are you for real? You've done this before, haven't you? You've done something similar. <laughs> you ever done that with glasses? You're looking for your sunglasses they are on the top of your head, or, or they're on you. Where's my glasses? Stupid. I believe many times as we look at this passage, God's blessings are right, right here in front of us. This morning... As believers, we're children of God. Behold, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Behold, pay close attention to that. Study it intently. We're blessed. We are blessed. We're his kids. Don't miss out on the blessings of God. We're children of God. He's adopted us. Don't listen to the lies of this world. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. You're missing out on something that's great. No, you're not. God's ways are much better than the ways of this world. God's ways are much better than the ways of the enemy. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called, you and I are called, God's children, children of God. We've been adopted. Let's walk in his ways. Let's reverence our heavenly father that loves us. Let's seek first his kingdom, his ways, his righteousness. Knowing by faith we will not miss out on anything good. No good thing does he withhold from those that walk uprightly. Nothing good is he going to withhold from you. Nothing. He has good in store for you. He has a great plan in store for you. Trust him. And if you're here today and you're not part of the family, I want to invite you to be part of the family. 
And it's only through Jesus Christ. Receive him today. Turn to him today. Admit that you're a sinner. Turn from your sin and pray to receive him. And today you too can be a part of this wonderful family. The family of God. Amen. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.